Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface X. And first of all, I want to thank everyone out there for listening and sharing. We have been growing more and more with each episode and it's primarily through word of mouth. So we thank you all for clicking the like button. Please give us a star review, especially if you're an Apple device. And please click that share button with someone you think will benefit from the content. Uh, we definitely thank you for doing that. So, Father, I know in our last episode, you wanted to keep the conversation going. So I'm going to give it to you and let this be a continuation of the last episode. Well, just to continue on with the point that you made about work, I think it's uh, there's there's so much beauty, again, in Catholic social teaching, in our Christian faith, and the understanding of work. And it's so contrary to the attitude that tends to be prevalent in our, our society, I think. I know I grew up thinking that really life was about the weekend and the weekdays were the kind of necessary evil you had to endure until the weekend. And if you could make your whole life just consist of the weekend, that would be the real goal and probably what we call heaven. And the authentic anthropology, really to understand our human nature, we discover that's not true. And it's for this reason, we are made to be a gift we have something to offer which no one else can offer. My mind and heart, my sacrifice of service for you is a gift for me to offer. And as the Second Vatican Council said, and John Paul II loved to quote, that man becomes truly who he was made to be by making a sincere gift of himself. And so we're really made for self-gift, not for consumption, but rather for, uh, for self-giving, self-sacrifice. And that's uh, part of how work fits into things. So you mentioned a statistic, which is uh, enlightening that the greatest indicator for happiness is that you work at least 20 hours a week. Uh, the problem with statistics is they, they don't necessarily capture all of the underlying principles. And I would say mm -hmm. that the fundamental indicator is whether you are able to make a gift of yourself. And uh, that can happen in various ways. You kind of brought in a little bit in terms of home life. Uh, I don't know if, that's, if that survey actually intended home life to be included in work, actually. Um, but, but it clearly is, you know. And uh, I, I would say more anyway, just to generalize the, the idea in terms of self-gift, because one should not draw the conclusion that if you're homebound, you're destined to unhappiness because mm -hmm. you're not able to work 20 hours a week. And you clarified that in the survey, those, the, the levels, the highest levels of unhappiness were those who were able to work, but were not. But just to, again, I'm just trying to generalize the concept of, of work out to that realm of self-gift and it brings back into, and thank you for making that my most common word of relationships. I'm happy to be known as the relationships guy. <laughs> so that, that uh, by giving ourselves in relationships, being in relationship with others, not in a way that I'm consuming and taking from someone and using them, but that I'm able to serve and give and mutually, that there's uh, both that give and take in relationships. Those are the healthy bonds of love that God has made us for. and. And then work as a, a way of, of giving myself and being able to apply what is unique to myself and imposing that on creation. You know, we alone have the capacity to turn a tree into a table or a tree into a magnificent sculpture. And, and we actually can add value to 
created things by applying logic to them. And we do that according to our own personality. And so enough of myself is in my creation that someone would look at the paintings of a Da Vinci or a Rembrandt or a Michelangelo and have a sense of what that person is because he has invested himself in that creation. So we really imprint ourselves onto created realities and work, which is uh, such a such a beautiful thing. And so we're made for that. So it's not that uh, if we had enough money, we could just quit working and our life would be an endless weekend. Then we would be unhappy in just the way you described from that survey, whether it's inherited wealth or whether we just sort of retire and become totally self-indulgent and it's all about consumption and and squandering things on uh, whatever my latest whim is, that won't lead to hap- to happiness. That doesn't lead to, to deep fulfillment. On the other hand, the kind of thing like we were talking about, if you have a lot of wealth, like to find ways to employ people, to help people to work, to facilitate that. And that could be by being a patron of the arts and just creating a foundation so that artists could create beautiful things and they would be able to work that way or providing for people so that uh, maybe mothers could stay at home and take care of their children and be homemakers. Uh, in addition to actually employing people to build up the wealth of a company and to carry out the works of that company. But we can find lots of creative ways to help people to realize their capacity to be a gift. So I just wanted to reframe that a little mm-hmm. bit to focus on that dimension of self-gift, self-sacrifice, because that's where we see it also goes all the way into heaven. On the one hand, God works, uh, and Jesus said, my father is at work, and I am at work even now. And, and the fact that God could rest on the seventh day means that he was working on the six days previous to that. Now, God doesn't work in exactly the same way as we work, but the fact that he uses that word to describe his activity really dignifies our activity. What we're doing is not just a necessary evil because we live in a fallen world and we have to slog it out day by day. And when we can finally get over it and just have harps and sit on clouds and sing with angels in heaven, then life will be peachy. No, there's a way that that what we are doing in our work is God-like. This is the kind of thing that he himself does. And in some way, it's what we will do for all eternity uh, is we continue to make a gift of ourselves. Now, what that looks like in the new heavens and the new earth is another uh, speculation for another time. But the idea that that fundamental to who we are is making that gift of ourselves. Yeah, and as you started there with the analogy of the week is what we got to get through to get to the weekend, I I think that everyone has – has grown up that way because it's a it's essentially a starting point as a childish behavior um you know I, I just want everything to be about me and uh i guess that's part of life is is that children by their nature are selfish i mean joseph my son has to be um if not if he doesn't let us know what he needs he won't get it and therefore he potentially could perish you know realistically if, if we never fed him because we know he was hungry um so, so I, I think that everyone starts that way. I think that's a human nature thing, and maturity is is growing out of that. So, to to do another example of it is, you know, you have to eat all of your vegetables before you have dessert. Well, if all we did was ever eat dessert, we're going to be a very unhealthy and large person, um, and probably have all kinds of health issues if all I do is eat sugar. Um, and 
our society allows you to buy whatever you want, which is great. I, I like that part of us. But we see how people can lose the balance just from physically observing pictures of today versus pictures of the 70s or the 40s. People look different. Same human mindset, hum- same human nature, but they're different. And I think a big part of it is is this notion here of essentially maturity, um, being called to, to, to self regulate and to embrace things that are good for you, even if it's not what you thought was going to be good for you when you were seven. And that to me, as, as I've been thinking about episodes and, and what's going on with our society, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> like I know that, that going through working, you have to learn how to work. I mean, it's just the way it is, especially in our society. Most people have this mindset of, I'm going to just get told what to do. It's not going to be fun. And then I can have peace. When I get away from the boss, I can actually go and do what I want. As you said, living for the weekend. And I'm seeing people that are in their fifties that still have that mindset. And it, 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 to me, it's, it, it holds you back and creates discomfort when there doesn't need to be, you know, if you're in a job you don't like, there's no reason you can't become the best at it. And normally that pursuit of becoming better at your, at whatever your job is, a can either lead you into a different job that you might like more or B give you an appreciation for what you're doing and why you're doing it. And, you know, ultimately the, why you're doing it is for a relationship, whether you realize it or not. Um, for better or worse, I deal with a lot of people. I, I deal with their property after they die. Literally, I deal with the house and whatever's left in it. And if you do, haven't decided who you're giving it to, the government will f- basically give the money to whoever they deem fit. Um, that's that's the way it happens anyway. So I look at it as like this is embrace the things that are actually going on in life in every moment and don't treat this moment as as an evil i have to get through to some joy that may happen later in life um to me it, that's a that's a way to set yourself up for defeat and and be disappointed in the expectations you know i, I worked so many hours for this and then the experience i got to have wasn't worth it well, let's enjoy the the working part a little bit more and embrace it. And to me, that's every person has a choice of whether they want to do it. We we can choose our attitudes being placed upon it. You know, we might not have the same skill set. You know, I can't jump 10 feet in the air. I don't have that talent that Vince Carter had. But at the end of the day, people do. Um, that doesn't mean I should envy him or be mad that I can't find something else I can do and, and embrace it. So Father, I, I hope that wasn't going too far away from where you were trying to take the conversation, but that was something that, that came to me as society individually, we need to figure out how to overcome that problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I think this is one of the ways, you know, we, uh, we talk about the, the issue and try to build up, what a what a Christian perspective on this looks like a Christian understanding of work, which is so important. And I, I think along those lines too. I mean, that we actually celebrate people and the the sacrifices they make. It's interesting. We depend more on people than ever, and we take it for granted more than ever. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, if you think of how many people it takes to make this podcast possible, to actually keep the internet running, the electricity running, to keep the lights on, to uh, that you know, put food on our tables, that develop the algorithms, that maintain the software, that it's a huge number of people mm-hmm. just for this podcast, let alone everything else that we do. And we totally take it for granted. We, we don't recognize that uh, there's, there's a lot going into all of these things. Uh, and, you know, when we, when we look at the uniqueness of every person as well and the unique gifts that they can offer and, and that, we, that we, we should feel an ache that there are, there's a Michelangelo out there that's never held a paintbrush. You know, that should hurt us. There's something wrong there. God has created somebody with an incredible gift who doesn't get to use it for a variety of reasons. Uh, God has created entrepreneurs and God has created uh, university professors and God has created engineers and inventors and God has created these people who, who may never use these gifts. And that should hurt us. We should have a burning desire insofar as it's possible for us, you know, and certainly parents play a particular role in this. How many, uh, well, I think of, uh, of Rich Mullins, who is such a great Christian artist. I mean, really a, just an incredible person. There's a beautiful movie called Ragamuffin, which is the Rich Mullins story. Very beautiful. But he grew up on a farm. He was an incredible musician, but he didn't understand farming and his father didn't understand the piano. And it was a great source of suffering for both of them until he could finally break away and eventually against his father's interest, uh, pursue an incredible career in Christian music and and bless a huge number of people. But, you know, as a parent, do we really want to bring out the gifts that God has put in our children? Or do we really want our children to serve a purpose for the, of our imagining or our design? Uh, You know, as an employer, do we really try to find the best place for our employees to be able to use their gifts? And again, not to say, I mean, there are plenty of things we all have to do that we don't like to do and we're not great at, but, Mm -hmm. you know, this is part of the, the labor of the thing. And, and in that way, if, if our understanding of the weekend or the evening is a place where I get to work in a different way and maybe thrive, maybe I have to work a day job to put food on the table and to provide some space, but then I'm able to really express uh, areas of creativity and areas of service and, and relationship and self-gift in those other spaces in my life. Now, that might be a good reason to not live for the weekend, but properly understood to uh, you know, we have some necessary things to do in order to meet certain needs and be part of that distribution network of the universal distribution of goods, but then uh, creating spaces for us to thrive. But how much better when we can help people to do that uh, as their work, as their daily labor and and be compensated for that as well? Yeah. And it, it just comes across that we all have this choice. You know, we can every moment we, we have a choice. Do, do I want to try to turn something to the positive and, and, and be happy and try to make things better? Or do I just want to go down to the pits of misery and try to make things get people to, to come down and be sad with me and, and just be negative throughout the process? And obviously, there, there's some things that are just flat out not awesome. Like you, you hit your hand with a hammer or something that's going to hurt. It's hard to turn that into a positive, but you also can look it into the next day of saying, all right, this is what I did wrong. And I wasn't paying attention or whatever. And and we can fix this. So it's a mindset that I wish people 
knew how easily they can control it. And that one little change within your head opens this whole up. And, you know, we've expressed this in a lot of different ways of how that can happen without ever actually saying it. Um, and, and to me, it really is, is, is people get this, this happiness and optimism normally through healthy, good relationships in their lives. Cause even someone who's typically a miserable person, if they're with someone that they have a good relationship, positivity will come out of it. And, you know, you said you're so happy before being noticed relationships guy. I, I, I see that as, as the ultimate tool that is what is here. You know, we, we mentioned now about how many people are involved in this podcast we're operating. You know, we also didn't have the opportunity to do this 100 years ago that we could have our labor today essentially be distributed around the world. Um, you know, the, the message that you are teaching now came from the labor of learning it, learning how to articulate. And, and this is a, you know, this is obviously work as well. And a thought that came to me is, is I, I, this might be just about me and myself here to get off the human nature part is that we host a lot. Like when we don't go to other people's house, we'd like being the ones hosting. And obviously there's work when you have to clean the whole house and make sure that the food's there and all that. But I find it personally great because a, I like being here. It's my house. I made it all that fun stuff, but I also like the the process of after it's over, it's basically clean. Um, you know, we, we, we did all of this work and effort of cleaning the house, which we kind of had to do anyway, but we got something out of it. You know, we, we got to have all these people over, we had to have a fun night or, or whatever the case may be. And, I think that when you look at it like that, that there's upsides to to, to maintaining cleanliness. There, there's upsides to having organization in your life. Um, you know, there's there's not wasted energy of scrambling and, and de-stress. And I all those are universal individual talents and skills that I'm sure a Google website can tell you way better than I ever could articulate. But it all brings a spark of joy in your life, and it's through having relationships with someone else. Um, you know, and I, I think that that's vitally important to to kind of not lose sight of, because I think between this conversation and the conversation we had in the last episode about what are we building the temporal goods for, it's normally for someone else. And as long as we're we're pushing those boundaries of trying to make ourselves better and be more comfortable, it really can open up opportunities that we, again, we have the choice of making positive or negative, but the more positive relationships we have in our lives, typically the happier we be. And I think that that's when I look around people that are immersed in a strong faith life or prayer life, that they tend to be happier people in general than the rest of society. And at the end of the day, who's ever going to be a better partner in a relationship than God, who always is trying to love you on no matter what. So I guess that was a very roundabout way of getting there, of saying that the prayer is good. Um, but but it, I, I, I'm trying to articulate that here as is we have the choice. And I think that that's important to, to recognize in all of this. I love one thing that you said there, Joe. I love many things. But uh, when you said, it's my house, I made it. That's so great. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of people can say that. No, no, that's true. I made it. (laughs) It's so great. 
that's what I love. You know, it's you're you're doing something that you're you're able to do. You enjoy your work. You're able to get, put yourself into it, and you know, and that house uh, reflects Joe Rocky in in some significant way. People come to that house, and they know something about you from being in the house that you made. And how beautiful when we're able to to create that and uh, and and then work with people that. You know, uh, it's it's not just some some random uh, machine that made my house or that made my lunch or that made you know, but it's a it's a person. And when we can develop those relationships, that uh, we understand, you know, we have a face behind so many of the things that we're we're using uh, every day. I had a beautiful moment. Uh, you're wearing a lot of Steelers gear. It's making yeah. me think of. Uh, my my dad was invited to be part of the VIP day at uh, the Steelers training camp. And so I must admit, I have not gone to the Steelers training camp much, but uh, I went with him to that VIP day because it was my dad. And, uh, you know, and it was nice. But uh, while we were there, my dad saw a guy with a hat on that said uh, USS Los Angeles, which is the class of submarines that he spent much of his career working with. And he saw that hat and immediately thought, well, I'm going to talk to that guy. So he talked to him and it turns out that that guy designed the fuel uh, delivery system for the USS Los Angeles class submarines. And so my dad was able to put a face to a thing that he used. This guy helped build the boats and my dad drove them. Mm -hmm. And to have that connection uh, was, was so enjoyable for me to watch. And they were able to share a lot of stories and knew a lot of common people and, you know, those relationships are so beautiful and work brings us together in that. And when we don't take for granted a lot of the things that are made, uh, and it's kind of a corollary to, uh, I wanted to bring that back out. When you have capital to hire people is one part of that distribution network. But when we buy things, and I was thinking about that because you built your house, you know, when I hire a person to build a house, I'm also employing people. I, we don't always think of it that way, but I'm employing people and, and I'm distributing goods to them and I'm reinforcing a, uh, an ethic because the people I employ work by and live by a certain ethic. And by giving them money, I'm reinforcing that in some way. And being intentional about those decisions, uh, I, I became a little critical. You know, I, uh, I made a, a vow of communal poverty, which is to say I don't own anything myself. My monastery, my order owns things. And when we're making decisions to build buildings and spending, you know, millions of dollars on these things, I'm like, what in the world, you know, uh, kind of related to our last podcast, I'm, I'm the monk, you know, shouldn't I be living poor? And then I was able to see, well, that millions of dollars is going to employ people. So mm -hmm. we bring in money because of the college, we, we earn tuition and we gather that up. And then rather than just sitting on a nest egg and doing nothing with it, we invest it. We invest it in people and buildings and projects, and we employ people in that way, contractors, in order to carry out tasks. And, and we do that, I think, I don't make all of the detailed decisions around that, but you know, employing people, the, the contractors are often people that we know, and we know how they work and the kinds of people that they work with. And we know that you know, there's, we have a, a, a source that money collects at because of what we do, and then we're able to distribute that. So again, that having that sense of the universal distribution of goods, what role you play based on the house you buy or the goods you invest in or the places where you shop, as well as if you're a, a business owner, the people that you employ, these are all ways that we are 
distributing God's goods that he has entrusted for this moment in time to our care. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how interconnected we all are. Um, and, and it's just so much easier to make things positive than the negative. And, um, one final thought that, that just kind of came to me was talking about how maturity is important. Um, you know, we, we all, each individual has their pet peeves that they wish someone didn't do and, you know, wish they didn't chew with their mouth open. I wish they didn't, you know, clunk their feet when they walked or, you know, whatever. E- each person has their, their preferences and th- that's fine. But some, the one, there is one that's universal as a mankind thing. And that tends to be the stuff that ultimately hinders your relationship. And in the adult sphere, it really is selfishness. Um, whenever you you get someone who's in a relationship that's, that's just trying to get what can they get out of it continually. Um, and, and, and that's true in, in all relationships and all cultures. And I, I wanted to point that out because at the end of the day, that's also a choice. You know, you can choose to to put other people first or to make sure that you have to be first. Um, and, and looking at people who are, it seems just exhausting to constantly be selfish. Um, and and I, 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 I don't know how else to say that. I just, it's an outside opinion looking at it. And, and it's just something that I, I wanted to say, cause it was hitting me as we were having this conversation. I think it's an important thing to, to think about um, every once in a while. Excellent. Yeah. Call us to be generous not selfish and not to make that sound easy. As you say, uh, if your son didn't express his needs, now he's not being selfish per se, but he's expressing his needs. If he didn't do that, he might not uh, trigger your uh, providing for him. And so, uh, but as much as we can to be generous, that's really the example of God. And that's how he's made us in his image and likeness, even to the point of giving everything on the cross for us. And So also our willingness to give everything for others, but also our discernment of the will of God of how we should manage uh, whatever we have and be generous with it in this moment is uh, part of our calling to discern. Perfect. Perfect. And we'll take that as as the thoughts going into next week. So we thank everyone for being with us and please share and like the episode as we will be with you again here next week.